Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back, Basement Binge listeners, to another episode. Today's a doubleheader, uh, at least for me recording. So welcome to the Monster Hunter episode that is becoming a lot more than what I expected. It's a film that I didn't expect. Well, it's a film that I was really excited to do a podcast now. I announced it during the monthly update that it was going to be one we were going to do, and then... I saw the film and I thought that this isn't going to be much of a podcast, but and preparing it, here we are. So, Monster Hunter. Before we get into the actual film, I just want to talk about very briefly how much I appreciate you guys. I don't know why, but the Mandalorian episodes have received such a large response, more than I ever thought would happen. And I really appreciate you guys really coming through on that. It was. Awesome to see you guys enjoy those. They were super fun to make. They've obviously come to an end. The season finale episode is currently uploaded. On top of that, I was able to meet up with Matt and Rob again on Matt Goes to the Movies and was able to record a season finale episode with them for The Mandalorian, which was a ton of fun. That was a great episode to record, and I really, really enjoyed that. On top of that, I also just want to say to all the new individuals who've subscribed and downloaded episodes, for whatever reason, Howl's Moving Castle is blowing up like crazy right now so thank you for downloading that episode uh that was a super fun episode to record but anyway you didn't come here for that you came here for monster hunter the film that was just released here in u.s theater so let's jump into it like always very beginning segment with two cents so this is spoiler free reaction to the film so if you haven't seen the film you're worried about spoilers this is what i thought um, it was a film that I was excited to go see because my brother and I are huge fans of the game. We got into it back in the days when it was on the Wii. We've spent tons and tons and tons of hours, thousands of hours into this game. We even still get together from time to time and play it, even though we're a lot older and busier now. It's still a ton of fun. I haven't played as much since then. My brother still plays Monster Hunter World. I have never played that one. But we love the world of Monster Hunter. It quickly became our favorite game out of nowhere. I don't even know how we got into it, but we did, and it was tons of fun. So that being said, I saw that the film was being made, and I was excited for it. I don't really know anything else about Paul W.S. Anderson, who's the director, but I did know his wife, Mila Jovovich, I think that's how you say her name, who's the lead actress, plays Artemis in this film. Um, I knew her from the film Fifth Element, where she's awesome. She's a pretty sweet actress. Um, she seemed, just seems like a boss action hero, kind of, as well. And I was just excited to see her in that type of role that she's kind of become typecasted for. But all that aside, anyway, we were excited for the film because of our love for the game. And that was the only reason we wanted to go see it. We saw it in theaters. We saw it in Thinemark XD. And holy smokes, this film was loud. Like, we both had a horrible, horrible headache. And it wasn't just like XD, which is similar if you don't know what XD is. 
it's like Cinemark's version of IMAX, for lack of better words. That it big screen, big noises. And normally that's fine, but this particular film for which I'll get into more particularly was just annoying and way too loud. So that wasn't fun, but whatever. We had a headache and we're fine now. So on the film starts, it starts with a cheesy quote, which I had no idea. Like, and then you just get the super synthy electro score just pop in and you're in this sand desert and it's just, Starts with Monster Hunter being Monster Hunter, and especially with the score and the opening title that was just a little bit over the top, but just so Monster Hunter feeling. I was super excited, and I knew that I was going to have a ton of fun. And, and then it starts to kind of go downhill, gets a little rough with it, kind of moving in towards the territory to make it a film that's more marketable and appealing for the average moviegoer with what we've seen in the trailers, with kind of what looks like the, the uh, you know, alternate reality the Marines soldier type thing. Um, and it takes a while to get going, but once it does, it makes it through some horrendous action scenes, but you finally get into the world of monster. Hunter. you get to the thing that we showed up for monster hunter. And it was fun. And it was, I cannot wipe the grin off my face. I was having so much fun, even though I'm as a whole, a little bit disappointed in the film. It didn't let, it didn't meet my expectations. It didn't, give me what I really wanted. It gave me enough of what I wanted that it was fun. The other parts of it are really a drab, but when it is Monster Hunter, it was absolutely fun. So, yeah. It was fun. My brother and I, we had a good time. We laughed, and then we left. And that was, that was kind of the end of it. And that was what we went for. We went to go to have a good time together, just me and him, which we're rarely ever to do, to enjoy something that we care about mutually, to have a good time, and then to leave. And that's exactly what we did, and it fit the boot perfectly, and it was a fun time, and I'm glad we went. Uh, I did briefly just want to address, there's been some controversy around what has been considered a racist comment about Chinese individuals. That was removed from the film. It's no longer in the edit, if you're worried about that, or something. It's not there. It's not in the film anymore. It was removed, rightfully so. So that's your two cents. Spoilers are going to be coming. It's not... I mean, it's a Monster Hunter movie. Spoilers are, they fight monsters. Like, I don't know what I can spoil for you. So I honestly wouldn't be too worried about listening to spoilers because it's actually, I'm actually going to encourage you strongly to not click away even if you haven't seen the film because there's a lot of fun things to talk about Monster Hunter if you don't know. So we'll move on to the next segment, Pick Your Poison. But before we move on to Pick Your Poison, I just briefly want to mention, I know I have before, but I just want to keep you guys in the loop. The... 50th episode celebration this is now episode 53 but the 50th episode celebration ranking all my blu-rays is in the works it is near completion it is coming just wanted to let you guys know that but on to the topic of that blu-rays and collecting films is pick your poison and what that is here at the basement binge is it's the rating scale that i came up with when the basement binge started where instead of a star rating or a percentage or whatever type of rating system you have it's based off how you would interact and treat the film after seeing it. So having seen it one time now, would you never watch it again? Which is self-explanatory. A step above that is stream it, where it's on a streaming service you're already paying for, where there's no additional cost to it. You know, you're mindlessly scrolling, looking for something to fill your void of entertainment, and you see it there, you'd click on it and watch it. Above that is rent. You'd be willing to pay a few dollars 
to rent it and watch it that one time again. And top of the list, of course, is to buy it, pay full price, Blu-ray, digital, how whatever your preference is, buy it, own it, and watch it as much as you want. As of right now, having just seen it in theaters less than a week ago, I saw it on Saturday and today's Tuesday. It's somewhere in the lines between a rent and a stream. Um, it's, it's a stream if I'm on my own. If I'm alone wanting to watch a film and it is a part of the streaming service, if I was in the right mood, I would click on it. Like, I would not hesitate to watch this film again because of the fun parts I had with Moss Hunter. But on my own, I would never seek it out and be willing to pay for it because of those bad parts that bring it down. With the right group, though, I would be willing to pay for it. And not even, like, splitting the cost. Like, me personally, I'd be willing to pay for it because in the right company, for example, like with my brother or other individuals, I can see the right group where I would have a ton of fun. Again, like I had with my brother watching this and it, it would be worth renting. I have no doubt about that. So very simple, pick your poison. On to the next segment, which is a rare one here, Live Up. So this is the segment that's only included in the episode when it's a film I've never seen before and recording the podcast is my first time seeing it. So what Live Up, what are my expectations and did it live up to those expectations? My expectations were very simple. A film about Monster Hunter. The premise of Monster Hunter, it's a video game that's that's popular, that's gaining more popularity because of Monster Hunter World, but if you haven't played any of the games or don't know anything about it, it is so simple. There is a story to Monster Hunter. You don't play it for the story, though, and the story is so bare bones. From what I've heard, there's more in Monster Hunter World, but in essence, what it is is you are a hunter who goes to a village to protect it against monsters, and you hunt them. And that's the story. Like, that's it. You go back to play the game because you need to hunt the monster over and over again to complete your armor and to get better weapons. And just because it's so much fun, it's a blast to play. There's no story to it. So I was just expecting, you know, a hunter and a monster and they should fight. And I want to see gigantic, totally ridiculous weapons. And I want it to look epic. And those expectations were met. Um, but when I saw the trailers, those expectations kind of changed where I was like, well, of course they've got to make a story for it. I was expecting a totally different story. So in response to the trailers, my expectation was, okay, there's going to be some involvement of some military thing and you know, they've got to make it marketable. That military part where Artemis and her team are sent through the sky tower, through this portal into the new world. And they're all eaten by monsters, except for Artemis. And then she becomes a monster hunter and then they jump back to the world and then go back to the new world like that. Just when the, f- the film's going. So did it live up to my, before I get into that, did it live up to my expectations? Yes and no. You know, I've been commenting on other people's reviews. I've been leaving reviews on Letterboxd, having conversations with individuals about this film who've been seeing it. And I pretty much say the same thing, copy and paste every time. When the film is monster hunter, when it's simply monster hunter, it's the best. It's my jam. I was having the time of my life. It was so fun and time was flying by. This film ends so quick because it takes a while to get to the fun and then the fun happens so quickly and then it ends. And it's like the film doesn't know how to end. It's just like, okay, we're just going to done here. We're just going to turn it off, which is whatever. But it struggled to meet those expectations because it takes so long to get to Monster Hunter being Monster Hunter. For a long time, we are with these individuals who are part of the military in some ways, searching for their lost um, team, Bravo team, their team Alpha. 
And it's boring. It, it's so boring. The action is bland, and they survive so many car crashes, especially Mila's character, Artemis. She has an invulnerability to car crashes and plane crashes. The amount of crashes that she endures in this film are crazy. And I guess the character is aware of this invulnerability because there's one point where she climbs into a vehicle right as it's about to crash. And she knows it is. It's just weird. That was one of the things that really took me out of it was the amount of times she survives a crash, you know, plane, car, whatever it is. Horrendous, horrendous crashes. But anyway, the, the action is like trying to be a Michael Bay, even George Miller-esque action without knowing what makes either of those things great. So you, you got to endure through that. Then she finally gets into the Monster Hunter world, the new world. And then there's her fighting the hunter and them fighting each other in the worst action I've ever seen. One of my friends, Matt from Matt Goes the Movies, he described it as Paul W. Sanderson putting the action scenes in a blender. <laughs> like, it is so horribly edited. And it's pretty sad because it looks like awesome fight choreography. And it's just, it's destroyed in the edit. And watching it was so aggravating because I just, I couldn't stand how many times they felt the need cut. And it was annoying. And like I said, the choreography seemed really wait. You know, Mila and Tony Yaw, who plays, Tony Yaw plays a hunter. They both know what they're doing in these moments, and it was just, just totally, totally wasted. So, yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. When it is being Monster Hunter, loved it. Like, the best fun I'm having. I don't know why that was so hard to get out, but it's just very, very simple fun. But it takes so long to get there, and then it's there for such a short amount of time that it really drinks down brings down the film of the a whole and then it just ends and you're like what is over like it was just it was just getting good so kind of in between so on to binge points which is going to be the fun part of this film why i went to go see it in the first place because it is monster hunter because it's a, a world that i love and the first one i have to point out is barbecue spit there is barbecue spit in this film. And when I saw it, I was so happy. That was like the best moment in the whole film for me. It's so unconsequential. It's just there. It's not like addressed. It's not a huge deal. It just exists in the world of Monster Hunter. And they brought it to life. And it was just so fun. And then Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate and 4 Ultimate, I don't know about World. You cook. So for those who don't know the game, let me explain it. You are a hunter. You have health and you have stamina. Your health obviously is depleted when you're hit. Your stamina, running, dodging, shielding, your stamina is depleted. And to gain that stamina back, you can eat steak. You can kill a monster and take some meat and then cook it over a barbecue spit that you acquire. And you have to cook it just right. Some music plays, the barbecue changes color, and you have to press a button at the right time. If you get it wrong, it's either undercooked and doesn't do anything for you where it like hurts your stamina or you burn it and then it doesn't give you as much stamina or you get it just right. And when you do, they stand up off their seat on the barbecue spit and go, yeah, and raise this cooked barbecue meat into the air. And it's hilarious. So seeing that was just fun. And then I just want to see him raise it up to the air and cook it just right. And my brother and I just started laughing to each other in the theater out of the mutual understanding about what we were seeing. And another moment of that, that I don't know if this was really was the connection I was supposed to draw, but it's what I did and it made me happy, is the hunter, the character played by Tony Yaw, earlier in the film, he's given chocolate by Artemis and he like devours the chocolate, eats it super fast. Later, he calls the meat that he's cooking on this barbecue spit chocolate. 
And also in the game, when you eat the meat to replenish your stamina, you like devour. It's like, and you eat it super fast and it's hilarious animation. So it's just seeing the same thing you do with chocolate. That was funny. So on to the other details of the film. Kind of in order how they happen, I just had to mention the barbecue spit first because when I saw that, I just peak childhood smile on my face right then. It just, I was so happy to see that. It's the dumbest thing ever and I was so happy to see it. Um, other binge points here. So the cl- location that we see them in the most of the f- film looks like Wilds by our waste from Monster Hunter World. It's just like a desert map that you're in. And some other things that really are true to the game is things like the Diablos, the monster, the main monster that you see, digging up through the sand like that. They really do do that. They really are that loud. That was one of the things. This film was so loud. And every time a monster would scream, it was ear piercing, which actually, now that I think about it, is true to the game as well. When you go into an area where the monster hunter, the first thing they always, with monsters, they always roar. And if you don't have a specific talent called earplugs, your player stops and grabs their ears and like shakes your head and you're kind of like stuck in that animation and you can't run at all. So that actually fits. But the binge point I was pointing out is how the Diablos breaks his horn. We see him break it on the cave wall, which is actually something you can do with a hunter. It's something you do as a hunter. You, you specifically try and break monsters' horns and wings and things like that. And it was just great to see that. Other funny details is that Artemis is poisoned by... Uh, a Nursilla monster, which is a poisonous monster. And in the game, there's many monsters that can poison you. And when you do, you get poisoned and it really weakens you to the point where you fall over. Like you're running and you get really weak and then you'll just fall over. Like you won't die, you'll just fall over. Um, and you can drink an antidote and it goes away. She didn't have an antidote. And the whole time I thought she didn't bring an antidote, which is, is funny. I kept leaning over to my brother during the game like, oh, they forgot this. Because when you go on a hunt with a monster, you go to the map. And at least in the older games, I don't know so much about world, you would have to, you have a pack and you have like a chest that you can pick supplies that you make and find and put them in your pack. You can only bring so much and different quests with different monsters and different things in the environment required specific things in your pack. And if you forget something like an antidote against a poisonous monster, oh, you're like, oh, I forgot an antidote. And it's just horrible because you can't go get more. I mean, you can try and rummage around the map to pick them up and make some antidote there in the map. But if you forget it, you're done, though. And it was just funny to lean over and be like, she forgot antidote because the amount of times I've said, I forgot antidote is just hilarious or you run out of antidote. So again, it's just let Monster Hunter be Monster Hunter and it was fun and it made me so happy. Other f- things, he had a camp in the map, which is another thing about the game. When you go to a map, there's a little station that's safe from the monsters that has a little camp where you have a bed and you have a fire and you have a chest there and you have little belongings. That was funny. And it's, it's again, safe from the monsters. Um, other things is that he, the, the, the hunter, he ate an herb, which is something you do in the game. You, you go up to a specific spot of the map, like a wall or something, you rummage around and you can collect herbs. And it's something that you can eat that heals you. It heals your health. And so he eats an herb, which I thought was awesome. And then he takes the herb and combines it with something you combine in the game. And you get a potion, which is a more powerful herb that when you take a potion, it heals you. So he mixes the potion, the herb, and I, if I remember right, it's honey. I think it's herb and honey you mix. And he puts it on his wound. And it was like, he's making a potion. It made me so happy. I leaned over to my brother. It's like, it's a potion. And we were just, just, and it doesn't point it out. It doesn't, in, it was so insignificant to the average individual. But to me, as a lover of the game, it was so exciting. Um, other funny things, like I talked about the antidote thing, how you have to bring specific 
things on a quest. One of the things you need to bring when you go to a place like a desert or other hot maps is a cool drink, which is exactly that. It's a cool drink that when you drink it, it helps you not overheat. And she can hardly survive in the desert. And I leaned over to my brother again and said, she forgot a cool drink and we both laughed. That was hilarious. Um, so then, of course, it really gets into it. We see dual swords. We see a great sword. We see demon mode on the dual swords, which is where she raises above her head and they be kind of flame on, so to speak. It's not really flames in the film or in the game. I don't know what you would really call them, but as you fight enough with the dual swords, you press a specific button. You go into demon mode where he raises the, the swords above you exactly like that. They kind of get that red electric-y looking color and then you go crazy like you can go into a hot string of combos that duels more damage and it's called the demon dance and your dodge is like a sprint instead of a roll it's it's sweet demon mode sweet dual sword is one of my favorite weapons so that was fun to see and like see her freak out about it that was hilarious um the other sweet thing was how they mentioned the diablos being weak to poison that is accurate for the game all the monsters you fight have different weaknesses and strengths to things and and elemental attacks is a huge part of the game, especially for a bowman. A bow is a specific weapon in the game, and one of the unique abilities about a bow is, is when you get like a swordsman weapon, like the dual swords or the great sword that you see, it has one elemental thing. Sometimes it doesn't have any elemental attacks, but if it does, it's just fire, or it's just ice, or just dragon, or just whatever. It's one element. With bow, you can have an elemental bow, but you can also have different coatings for your bow. And you can coat your arrows and specific things. And then you can have a poison arrow. But you have to bring those coatings with you. Anyway, it was awesome to see that they used that. The Brute Wyverns normally are weak to poison. Most of them are. The Diablos specifically being weak to poison. And I love that they used a bow. And they had to coat the bow in poison to get that. And, and in the game as well, how do you get the poison to make the poison coatings for your bow? You harvest it from other monsters, which they did with the Nursilla. It was just awesome. And I remember my brother leaving over to me when, you know, the hunter, he can't explain, he can't speak in English. So he's saying that the Nursilla is going to, he's going to use the Nursilla against the Diablos. And it doesn't say anything about it being weak to poison, about it being poisonous. You just put those pieces together. My brother leans over to me. Oh, Diablos is weak to poison. I don't know why I whispered. When you're in the theater, he whispered. He said Diablos is weak to, po Diablos is weak to poison. I was like, oh yeah. And it was just, it was awesome. Other things, when she does hunt the monster, they finally kill the Diablos. She goes up and she carves the monster. That is a huge part of the game. You, when you kill a monster, you go up and you carve it. You collect your three carves from it to try and get specific pieces of the monster to later go build new weapons and new armor. And sure, she just did the first scale that she pulled it on. But it was awesome to see her go and carve the monster. I was like, no way, I didn't think we'd see that. Obviously not with the same intent, but it was super fun. Um, so then after that, it really gets more monster huntery when she sees her guild. Well, not her guild, but the hunter's guild. Um, you know, you have the um, the admiral who's there. Who's he played by? I'm going to mispronounce the actor's name if I don't look it up. The admiral is played by um, Ron Perlman, who's, he was so great. He added such le legitimacy to the film, and he was great. You have the Palico, who really does cook food for you. And when you eat food, it gives you specific bonuses for the quest. And it was awesome when the Palico was introduced. It did the exact same cutscene where he like cuts up the meat and slides and throws spice on it. And then like slowly puts a leaf on top. The exact same thing from the game. And my brother and I saw that and we both started laughing. Um, 
another member of your guild is that same redhead, I forget his name, where he's always like overexcited to go into battle and then he gets taken out first, which happened in the film as well. A switch axe, which your admiral, the admiral was carrying, looked epic. And it does have a burst attack like that in the game that he kept using. He used it a lot. Um, but yeah, that was something that a switch axe does do. Um, the other funny thing is the admiral always hates waiting. When you go and get a quest from him, he always says, I hate waiting. And so it was hilarious to hear him say that. Um, now, these are the binge points. Other cool binge points is that when she, near the end, when Artemis is fighting the Rathalos, she breaks the wing, which is something that you do in the game. Depending on what parts of the monster you focus your attacks on, they break, including the wings. And when you break the wings, it gets little holes in it like it was ripped, and that was sweet. Um, also, when she's fighting the Rathalos, it looks like she's doing the demon dance when she does like two blades against the leg at the same time, which is also realistic. When you're fighting a Rathalos with dual swords, you're pretty much just attacking its legs. <laughs> um, unless the Slinger really changed that world. I don't know. I haven't played World, but that's really what you do. You just attack their legs. Um, one of the binge points that just bothered me, like it, it was the beginning of the downhill was when they are fighting the Rathalos, you have this guild, and I was like, sweet, we're going to get an entire guild with different weapons fighting a Rathalos. I saw a great sword. I saw dual blades. I saw the switch axe. I saw an insect glaive. I saw a long sword, which I was particularly excited about. And then the Rathalos comes in and wrecks everybody's day. And the long sword user, who I, it was, if you don't know what a long sword is, you're not going to tell. He's just one of the, he's one of the cannon fodder people that got taken out by the Rathalos. Him and some other dude were attacked by fire and they fell in water. And immediately, again, a Rathalos during the game breathes fire on you. And you have to roll a few times to get the fire out of you. Just continue to dodge. If you do that in water, it goes out immediately. So I was like, water, they're going to roll and the water and the fire is going to go out. And I was like expecting that to happen. And then they just die. Like a hunter actually died, which never happens in the game. And so that was the beginning of the downhill because one of the best things best memories I have in Monster Hunter is the amount of time with my brother and other individuals we played with or online taking a four-party guild and going and hunting a monster together. That's what made it so good was the togetherness of four individuals with different weapons fighting a monster together. And I wanted to see that in the film. We kind of do towards the end, but we really don't. They're just taken out so quickly, including the one who should have rolled in the water to put out his fire, but he just died. That bothered me. So. Those are all the just fun details I noticed. Other fun bench points. I want to talk about the monsters. The main ones that you see in the film. There's tons of monsters throughout the games. And there's like, you know, like six. I would say they were mentioned in the game. Three of them being insignificant. Um, the three... Did I say... I think one time I made mistakes. Okay. I keep getting the words game and film messed up. And I think just barely when I meant to say film, I said game. If I did, forgive me for that. But there's three main monsters in the film. The first one we see is the Diablos. It's the ones we see at the beginning attacking the ships. Um, it's a big monster at the beginning. And they really do run and dig through the sand like that. And they really are that huge. And they really are that loud. And they are difficult, especially with a swordsman weapon when you have to get close. And you are not as good at fighting it as other individuals. Me. I, me being the one who's not good. They're a difficult monster to fight. Uh, they are threatening. And I always hated it when they showed up. When you're not trying to find them, you're trying to find another monster and they show up, is like, ugh, are you kidding me? So that's the Diablos. They really do look like that. That that was another thing about this film. It had great going for it, was the design of the monsters was so perfect. 
I don't think they could have done it any better. The monsters look great. And I do, to Paul W.S. Anderson's credit, he worked diligently with one of the creators of the game to make the style and, and design of the monsters accurate to the game. And that was awesome. And I love seeing that. So that's the Diablos. The next one that I'm going to mention is the Duren Moran, which we actually don't see the monster, but it's the huge skeleton that they're in, the military individuals, the alpha team, when they're first brought into the other world. It's actually not initially, but when they're driving, I think. I don't know, at some point they're in the desert and they, you see those huge skeleton. It looks like a rib cage, and then there's a huge horn sticking out at the front. Um, I'm assuming that it's... A, Duran Moran, just because of the size and the shape of it, and especially with the one horn. There's a Gen Moran, which has two horns, but the Duran Moran from Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate has one horn, and they really are huge. They're an Elder Dragon that you have to fight, and it is that big. You do have those ships that sail across the sand, and you shoot cannons at them from your ship and such. They're huge, and it's a, actually a really, really fun fight. And so when the film opened, we saw the individuals on their, I don't know, sand ship. There's probably a better name for it than that, but when I saw them, I was like, oh, a, a Gen Moran or, Durant, or a Duran Moran are going to attack them. And then it was a Diabolus, which was still sweet, but I would have loved to see it. Just a huge, overwhelming Elder Dragon because that is a huge fight. Um, the other monsters that we see introduced, the ones we actually see, is their Nursilla. I've talked a little bit about that already. That's the super annoying spider thing. And what the heck was going on with the eye zoom that kept going up to them? That was the other thing. They were, I, I wanted the sequence with them to end so quickly because of a theater orient. They were so loud. They had the creepiest sound design and, and walking. And anytime they walked or moved or screeched, it was so loud and just annoying. I just wanted them to end. Um, but they really are spider-like, spider-like like that. They're from Monster Hunter 4 You. They have a cooler design in the game. They're really purpley looking. They're, they're very bright colored. This film, they're more black. Um, but they are, in fact, poisonous. And that is something that you can gather from them is is poisonous elements that you can use for your weapons, like I talked about earlier. Um, and lastly, oh, I forgot to I forgot to write down the Rathalos. How did I forget that? The Rathalos. That is one of like the flagship monsters of all of Monster Hunter. It's a it's a, a hugely popular monster. I think in this film they refer to it as a great Rathalos because it looks harder to fight than the regular Rathalos. They fly, they breathe fire, they do horrible tailspin attacks where they whip you. They land on you. They're tons of fun to fight. My brother and I, one of our favorite fights we love to do was a Rathalos and Rathian, which Rathian is just a smaller, similar type of Rathalos for like for simplicity. Um, but yeah, that was one of our favorite hunts because it gets into... To, to, it's hard to explain. But uh, it was just a fun fight. Okay, I'll leave it at that. It was just one of our favorites. It's a really awesome monster, and it was just, I love that that was one of the key monsters that they did include. I, of course, I would have loved to see more, you know, like a Brachidios or Brachidios, however you say that, you know. Some of the ones that I love from Monster Hunter 3U, that being my personal favorite game, and Narcuga, um, um, wow, I'm blanking on all the names now. I should have written them down away. The Baryoth, Baroth, um, Giganox. I don't know. The list goes on. Of course, it was just they can't include them all in the film, and hopefully, we do get another one because it was fun. But I'll get more into that in a second. So, anyway, the the monster that we see at the end, the dragon that we see flying through the portal, that they then they go and attack, and then they're back in the new world fighting is the Gormagala, which was the flagship monster from Monster Hunter Four Ultimate. 
and it's a uh, juvenile Elder Dragon. So slightly smaller, not quite as big as an Elder Dragon, which just what you need to know, Elder Dragons are like the huge, ginormous monsters. Um, they're just huge. They're really powerful. Um, the Gormagala is a very, very hard fight. It has these like feather horns that come out that that when it rages up, it goes purple and very hard monster, an intense monster to fight. But a cool one, and I was it was sweet to have it show up. And again, it looked great. So super quick onto the episode, the weapons. This is just a fun stuff to talk about. This episode's way longer than I anticipated. I was going to have this be like a ten minute episode and just talk about pretty much the two cents, and that was going to be it. And then I was like, no, I want to talk about the monsters. I want to talk about the weapons because that's what I love. That's what I came to see. Is I came to see the monsters, I came to see the weapons, and I came to see the fight. I came to see the monster hunt, and that part of the film was my favorite. So I'm going to talk about it the most. Um, so the weapons, the, th- the ones that we see in the game, the first one is a bow. It really is that big. <laughs> it's a bow. Um, we also see dual blades, like I mentioned, with the demon mode. Um, and then a great sword. That's the huge sword that really is that big. And that's like the bone sword, one of the first great swords you can unlock in the game. And then later, the admiral, he has a switch axe, which is sweet, where it can switch between like an axe and kind of a great sword. Um, but also has some cool elemental and like blast attacks where it kind of has like an explosion. Um, and then the last thing we see is the slinger. That's a grappling hook thing, like the gauntlet thing on their left hand. One of the coolest things it is it does allow you to grappling hook two monsters and get on top of them, but it also allows you to connect to wing drakes, which is like this big flying thing that they use for long distance travel, which is how they the um, guild initially saves Hunter or the hunter, I guess, and Artemis from the Rathalos attack with all the, um, they're not Aptanoth, the monsters that are stampeding, I forget what they're called. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's how that happened. The, the weapons that we don't see, I, there was a little snippet in the background of the longsword, like I mentioned, and the insect glaive, which are both sweet weapons. The longsword is, like I said, it's a very thin longsword that's my favorite weapon in the whole game. It's a ton of fun. The insect glaive is sweet. There's a sword and shield. There's a hammer, which is just a giant hammer, like huge, like the size of the great sword, but it's a hammer. Um, you can knock out monsters with it. There's a hunting horn, which is like a hammer, but it's a horn. So when you swing it around, it plays different notes. And if you play the correct notes in the right order, you get like a bonus. You get health or update, or you get, you know, ice resistance or something like that. It's uh, my second favorite weapon in the game. So much fun. And then there's a lance, a gun lance, which is a lance with a gun on the end, which is a super fun but kind of annoying weapon to use, but it is so fun. There's, there's a charge blade, a light, and then there's the, then there's the um, what's the word I'm searching for? Um, the gun weapons, so the bow, and then, of course, there's a light bow gun and a heavy bow gun. So those are all the weapons. They do have elemental attacks, like I mentioned. Um, that was great to see in the, the film as well. So that's all the bench points. Let's wrap this episode up here, get into least and likes. And this, again, it's turning much longer than I anticipated it to be, but it's just, a, it's, it's a piece of property, intellectual property that I love to talk about. And it's exciting too. Even though I haven't played it in years, it's just fun to indulge in it again. I think that's why I'm making this episode starting so long is because it's just so much fun to go back to something I love. Um, so least and likes. Least favorite scene, favorite scene. Least favorite scene, all the fight scenes, especially not against the monsters, those were fine. But the fight scenes between the hunter and Artemis, they're horribly edited, just just torn to shreds. Way too many cuts. It's you have no idea who's winning. It's just horrible. Likes favorite part of the film, 
from the moment that they start working together and she's training and she used the dual swords to the moment where she falls through the portal again, that was just peak Monster Hunter enjoyment and I loved every minute of it. Um, the monster design, like I mentioned, that was great. So that would be my favorite part. It's hard to pick one in there because it was all super fun. Um, I, I haven't mentioned this enough. I mentioned it at the beginning, but the score, actually, I should add that to my favorites. The score I was listening to while I was writing this, I mean, it was great in the theaters. That was one of the first things my brother and I commented at the end was the score was so fun and it fit it perfectly. And there's this one scene where they're fighting off the one monsters that I can't remember that they're not Aptonoth. There's something else. I don't want to look it up right now because I'm trying to wrap up. But And she's swinging her dual swords in demon mode and the Admiral's swinging his switch axe around. And it's just, the score is just being super synthy and a ton of fun. And that was one of my favorite moments as well when you see the Rathalos come in. Um, so yeah, the last segment would be Fall In, but I don't... It's a monster movie. <laughs> don't ask me to do Fall In for this. There's nothing to talk about, okay? I went to watch a movie where hunters with giant ludicrous weapons fight other giant monsters and somehow don't die and i saw it with my brother because it's a game that we love and we had fun and that's why we went and that's the end of the episode um yeah it was it was just a ton of fun so what i recommend for you to go see if you're a fan of the game set your expectations right that there's not quite enough monster hunter but go and enjoy it and my brother said something funny while we were walking out he's like you know i would have been more invested if we saw a hunter and his guild and he's a new hunter, and he's trying to work up to G rank, and he's got to hunt the Rathalos a million times to try and get a Rathalos ruby because he's got to complete the armor set, and then he finally does, and comes out in the sweet Rathalos armor. <laughs> Which, you don't just want to remake the game for the movie. you got to make it marketable for, for the average consumer. So keep that in mind, but go and enjoy Monster Hunter just being Monster Hunter. It was fun. Uh, just don't go to XD because it's too loud. Uh, if you're not a fan of Monster Hunter maybe that's up to you watch a trailer or two and decide if seeing monsters being beaten up by giant weapons is for you and then of course just have the right expectations going in and it's going to get a take a while to get to the good part but then enjoy it while it's there so thanks for listening to the basement binge a double header thanks for all the new individuals who have subscribed um there's a lot of exciting things and i keep saying that there's a lot of exciting things i just don't want to reveal anything yet because i'm still finalizing plans but there's a Christmas episode coming out that's going to be a surprise episode. There's the 50th episode celebration ranking my Blu-rays. Wonder Woman 1984 review coming soon. A, a review of Soul, the Pixar film coming soon. So subscribe to The Basement Binge wherever you get the podcasts. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your support. If you like the episode, if you like the show, please leave me a review on Podchaser. Podchaser.com slash The Basement Binge. Of course, linked in the show notes. That helps people find the show. It helps people know that it's a show that's enjoyable. Of course, share it with individuals, um, which I've been forgetting to mention. If you leave reviews or share on social media, you'll be into a running every month to win a free uh, screen pass, which is where I can just share some of the movies I own with you for free. So leave reviews, share with your friends on social media, download that next episode, subscribe, all those things. But I'm signing off. This is Harrison from The Basin Binge. This has been a fun chance to talk about Monster Hunter, um, a film that... I don't know. I think talking about it, I liked it a bit more than I remember, but if I go back and watch it, I know I'm going to be so annoyed with those bad parts. Can I just have more of the good part? If there is going to be a sequel, which this film ends like it thinks it's going to get one, and, you know, this film is actually currently number one in the U.S. box office. It's at like 7 million worldwide, which isn't huge, but 
for the pandemic. It's better than nothing. And for like a smaller, you know, non, you know, more, not original, but more original, less well-known friend, uh, series and in intellectual property, it's doing pretty good. Uh, so maybe we'll get a sequel. I hope so. If so, for those of you listening that are involved in the making of that, just make it more Monster Hunter. Let Artemis become a Monster Hunter. Let her be a part of a guild. Just go hunt monsters. That's what we want. Do all the weapons, all the monsters. All the Monster hunter is, you know, barbecue spits, all those things. Maybe Chacha and Kayamba can come along because they're annoying. Or some more Pelico. Anyway, this is The Basement Binge. I'm Harrison. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.